The Sands is proud to present a wonderful new show, A Man and His Music. The music of Count Basie and his great band... Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the Sonic Collective where we take full albums and enjoy them in the way that they were intended. We're in our second round of live albums this month having reviewed Darren's pick of Folsom County Blues and this month we're going to review Scott C's pick of Frank Sinatra live at the Sands. Unfortunately Scott's not here with us today so we're going to tack his stuff on at the end but we do have Darren and Alan today uh, and me Scott G and here we go anyone want to throw some initial thoughts out there Darren oh sure sure um yeah before we get started too I guess I just want to say that uh, one of our members we just found out is going to leave us leave the group Greg Jorgensen one of the Thailand members so I just want to say a big uh Thanks to Greg. I mean, really, uh, we realize besides ourselves, there's only three of you that listen to this. And thank you to the three people. Uh, maybe there's a few more, but uh, but it was always just meant to be fun and easy. But uh, we're all busy, busy guys, and he's a busy guy, too. And uh, he just decided that it was a, a bit too much. And uh, anyway, I just want to say thanks to Greg. But um, as we uh, jump into this, I got to say, like, I... I, I Put it down last month and did uh, Johnny Cash Folsom City. I did not think anybody would even come close to it. And then Scott picked uh, Frank Sinatra at the Sands, which for me came out of left field. I, I love that kind of music. My mom loved it. I grew up kind of listening to it, but um, I, I wouldn't have thought of it. And Scott put that down, and, and sure enough, I listened to it, and I'm just like, damn, if this isn't freaking awesome. Um, I, I, I really, really enjoyed this album, maybe more than I should have. Uh, I just went to a beer festival in Banff and was just like playing it for anybody that would listen to me, obviously after a few beers, but um, I thought it was great. I mean, he was so cool. He had just turned 50. He makes a joke about that. He calls it a, a, a communist lie. Uh, I think the Vietnam War was ramping up at that time, so uh, that was heavy on the minds of communism. He makes a joke about it, but he was still super cool, man. Um, you know, to me, it almost sounded, if anybody knows who Andrew Dice Clay is, I think he's still kind of relevant. He was just in that uh, um, HBO uh, documentary. What was it? Hickory Dickory Doc. Yeah, I, I, I think he's still got some cachet. So. It's just the, I guess, the Italian swagger. But it's funny, I could almost hear it. I'm like, oh, actually, Sinatra maybe started that. Um, but anyway, I just thought it was a brilliant album. They left in all the quirks and quips, and here he is in the Sands Lounge. Uh, just playing to the crowd. Like he's getting two women cat fighting over him in the beginning. Um, yeah, I, I just freaking, I just thought it was so good. Um, I, I think I heard Scott's review. He mentions too about the tea break, which is like this yeah. 11 minute comedy routine in the middle. Uh, I just thought that was, you know, genius, hilarious. He just talks about how much of a drunk Dean Martin is and makes fun of the rat pack. Um, he was, he was just a cool guy. And he brings up about uh, uh, drinking a lot is a big uh, subject in it. Uh, probably actually my favorite. I mean, the whole album is good beginning to end. But uh, when he goes in, oh, let's do a little uh, bar break. And he talks and he has this little monologue about he's sitting at the bar and talking to a bartender. And then he goes into one more for my baby. And then after that song goes into Fly Me to the Moon, I'm just like, he's got me. I just thought that was like so well done. 
Um, Quincy Jones was the, uh, I guess, uh, conductor or uh, like really organized and yeah. planned or producer of the, of the album. And I think he, was, I, I looked up his age at the time. He was something like 28 or something when he did this. which um, also blew my mind. Um, that was a big count, thing count for Basie. me. Sorry? I so said that was a big thing for me too. The second at the end when he starts rolling out the credits and yeah. he's like, and special thanks to Quincy Jones. I was like, what the hell? You know, Quincy Jones is everywhere. He's like the guy in the background of every single thing. He's like the Illuminati of the music yeah, industry. Exactly. Exactly. But I, I mean, loved it beginning to end. Just such a character. Um, it is an album. I mean, uh, these are tough albums. Like you put on a party, it actually is a conversation starter. But uh, I, can you play it over and over and over? Maybe not. And I think maybe I'll. I guess with any of these albums, you could run into that problem. But um, it's just, I just thought it was great. I, I was telling the guys before this call that uh, I like Jack Daniels, and I've poured myself one. I did last time. I'm not as drunk as I was for the Folsom City <laughs> one. I'm glad I listened later. I didn't sound as drunk as I felt. Thank <laughs> you. Uh, luckily, it was after an office party, but uh, for the Johnny Cash review, but. Uh, Jack Daniels was literally almost out of business in the, in the 50s and they were struggling and uh, as it came in the 60s then Frank Sinatra started to be very verbal about how much he liked it and uh, they literally credit uh, Frank Sinatra with saving the company and to this day release a very special blend of Jack Daniels Frank Sinatra blend that uh, uh, they in honor of him because they basically he saved the company so I always found that an interesting little side story anyway long story short I, I, I was blown away that Scott could even come close to Folsom City, uh, or Folsom Prison, sorry, Folsom City, weird. Um, and I really enjoyed the album. I, I, you know, I, I think it's a five. I think I'm going to give it a, <clears throat> excuse me, a 4.5 just to be, you know, I think I like Johnny Cash, just, just maybe a tinge more. But this is a definitely must listen. It definitely has uh, in your collection. Uh, absolutely loved it. Solid 4.5 for me. Now, Alan, what do you think? Man, I loved it too. Um, the thing about live albums is you just kind of get that sense. If it's a really well done live album, you get the sense of almost being there. If you close your eyes and just kind of sit back, suck on a Jack Daniels and imagine the smell of a, a smoky lounge with Frank Sinatra totally. within arm's reach just singing to you, just crooning. And uh, I was pretty surprised when he mentioned his age too because, I mean, I knew he was from... An earlier time but I you know I didn't realize he was 50 when he released this mm -hmm. uh, I can only hope to be half that cool well in my life ever period let alone when I'm 50 dudes a uh, dude's got some serious swagger mm -hmm. um, as for the music it's awesome like you can't really go wrong with Frank Sinatra I find it's just like I felt classier just listening to it even though I was half the time listening on the floor in my underwear playing video games like a man. <laughs> not classy as fuck because Frank Sinatra's crooning to me, you know? Um, yeah, man. And some of the songs, I, I really I really liked um, I've Got You Under My Skin mm -hmm. and Fly Me to the Moon. Those are classics, you know? You Make Me Feel So Young actually ended up on a DJ set list. I think sometimes I DJ Christmas parties, right? And um, I need to do dinner music a lot of the time, just to kind of, before the party really kicks off, you just got to have some kind of ambient music. And man, like, how do you go wrong with Frank Sinatra? So a lot of these actually saved my ass last weekend when I was DJing, because I didn't know what else to play, and then threw on some Frank. And, Can't uh, go wrong. 
yeah, That's people right. would sing along to it, bob their heads. Really, really well done album. I think uh, the fact that it's live, you know, from a from an audio quality perspective, it doesn't even it doesn't sound like a live album, you know. Just from a production standpoint, it sounds really crisp, really clean. Yeah, agreed. So, and I don't know if maybe it's been remastered a few times or whatever, but like still, your your recording is only as good as the initial tapes that you capture. Mm-hmm. So, props to uh, to Quincy Jones for, and whoever else managed to to mic the place up. I mean, yeah, I have nothing bad to say about this album. I'm with you. I'd probably give it a four and a half out of five. And I think too, and I mentioned it. I think Count Basie and his orchestra, though, it was just that good and that tight. Mm, like so, yeah. I think yeah, they recorded it well. But I think that band was just so good that um, you know a lot of times you hear bands and then you hear them live and you're like, uh, maybe they're not as tight as the album made them out to be. But I think those guys were. Well, I think that's what I took away from this the most was that uh, a big thing that I judge a lot of bands that I go see in concert are how well they sound compared to their studio recordings. And you're looking at a time, like you said, where the band, uh, where Frank Sinatra, everyone had to be ready not only to get into a recording booth, but to also go into a radio station and, and sing live to go into one of these rooms and be able to sing to an audience as well too and be mic'd up. And, and it's really, you know, you don't have this post-production auto-tune world yet mm-hmm. everyone had to be able to sing pitch perfect and and just like you said be that tight mm-hmm. all the time mm-hmm. it was you know some people are only going to hear you once or twice live on the radio or in a room and that's all they're ever going to judge you by yeah absolutely anything else alan before we flip over to scott no um that pretty much sums it up it was uh i i I expected it to be a good album, you know, it's Frank Sinatra, but mm-hmm. after listening to it a number of times, it ended up being a great album, so definitely exceeded my expectations, which were already pretty high, so. <laughs> yeah, uh, no, awesome. Scott? Yeah, I'd seen, um, you know, some of his movies, I of course ran into a bunch of the songs on this album, Comply With Me, I've Got You Under My Skin, uh, you know, it was a very good year. I, I didn't even know where that was from initially when it was like, when I was 17, I drank, yeah. right? I was like, yeah. holy crap, that's this song. Yeah. This is it right here. And it was stuck in my head for the entire month uh, because of listening to this, right? But some of the other songs I definitely didn't recognize. Uh, obviously, they'd be standards for a different time and they wouldn't have the longevity of some of the other ones. So I, di- I didn't really get all of the album or I at least didn't uh, identify with it. But I don't think that's a barrier to enjoying it, right? It clearly wasn't made for me. Some dude shit posting on Twitter in his bedroom in 2016 and then trying to listen to Frank Sinatra. Yeah. So, but, you know, I really like the production value, you know, the idea that he just sounds that good. A lot of the, uh, the history around Frank Sinatra that uh, I was looking up while researching the album on the side, too, was really awesome. And then you could just feel that in his music, that Italian background, the coming through, uh, going through the crucible of all the live performances and stuff. He was just tight in charge of the music uh, 
It's funny that you brought up Andrew Dice Clay because one of the only things I didn't really like about this album was that 10-minute tea time in the <laughs> oh, middle. Oh, you didn't like that? No, well, I'm not only do I really love music, but I absolutely have a giant crush on stand-up comedy. And so yeah. for a second there, I was judging him as a stand-up comic because he's standing yeah. there and he's telling jokes. And I was like, holy crap, has this really evolved since then, yeah, but right? realize that was pro- that was edgy for the 60s i think you know, uh, like, oh yeah, yeah but you can't compare it right? like it is it is i mean who's kidding who he's in like a vegas lounge and it's just like kind of a little bit formulaic at times but i thought it was classic oh yeah well and you know you look at even say joan rivers from the the 70s and anything that she thought was edgy at that point i'm just like really grandma like that's that's not <laughs> that's not really edgy at all. So it's I'll go a little bit easy on him, but just because I know it's dated doesn't make it hurt any less to be clubbed over the head by it. But he's a singer, and judging him as a singer, I can see why you know there were girls just absolutely mooning over him for decades, why guys wanted to be him. He was just an all-around cool guy singing cool music and, um, you know, breaking down barriers, whether it's burying people in cement underneath casinos (laughs) or, you know, influencing U.S. elections. Uh, Not that that's topical. You know, anything like that. He was just an all-around cool guy. And I, I don't think I would listen to this album a lot going forward. You know, I would probably sub in bluegrass before I I put in 50s American standards. But um, yeah, overall, I'd have to say I'd probably give it a four, I guess. You know, like I I really appreciated it, but it loses a little bit because I I just couldn't listen to it as much. The comedy killed me. and, uh, And yeah, some of it is just a little dated, but you know, my hat's off to that guy for sure yeah cool cool um yeah and yeah i just think um yeah i i think we all agree it's something like you can't necessarily play all the time it's not a classic album that you just listen over and over and over again you listen to it a couple of times and you think it's cool you might bring it at a party but um but for what it is and we are reviewing live albums and this it's yep. for the genre in man it's it's top notch uh, you yeah. know well i i would say a, a huge kudos to Scott Coates in Thailand for picking it. I, it, it definitely surprised me. Um, yeah, like as Scott Gregory just mentioned, uh, Scott it wasn't able to record. We're in two different time zones. It gets hard, but he does have his own review. We will uh, continue it right after we uh, shut up here. And uh, maybe with that being said, we should uh, sign off. Um, as we sign off, I guess I'll just say, like all our reviews are found at thesoniccollective.com. And uh, we'd love to hear from you. We welcome comments. We don't get many. Um, uh, we post on social media as well. We are on Facebook and uh, other uh, forms. But, yeah, um, I, I just uh, hope you enjoyed this review. I hope you listened to the album. And uh, stay tuned for Alan's picks next, which uh, uh, I guess we can reveal here at the end of this one, coming at the same time. But he picked uh, Nirvana on, on the – sorry, on the Banks. What's the exact From name the of that? From the Buddy Banks of the Wishka. Oh, yeah, right. 
Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm pumped to listen to that one. So yeah. that's our next one. So we're going from Johnny Cash and Frank Sinatra to Nirvana, which uh, I think <laughs> oh, is awesome. And that, great. That's, that's the best part of this club. But uh, again, uh, thanks for thanks for listening for those uh, eight, nine, ten of you that do. Uh, we do this for ourselves, but we hope that other people uh, get something out of it and follow along and listen to these albums with us. Because it really is about listening to something in its entirety in this day and age when we just take... Uh, bits and clips and single songs and mp3s and quick spotify playlists it's good to sit back and actually listen to them all so thanks for listening i'm darren scott and stay tuned don't don't uh, disconnect as scott coates is coming up right now this is scott coates from the sonic collective and here's my review of our pick for november 2016 it is frank sinatra sinatra at the sands and i was the person who picked this album so it's probably pretty clear that i like it i have always been a frank sinatra fan and the main reason i picked this album is i thought in addition to the renditions of the songs being really really great it was just a supreme time capsule of that period. I mean, it was uh, recorded in 1966. And the sound of the orchestra, I mean, Count Basie's orchestra, directed by Quincy Jones. Um, the sound was fantastic, but also Frank really kids around with the audience a lot. At the beginning, he sort of, if he's obviously trading looks and having eyes with a woman, and he kind of has some back and forth with her. And then there's the infamous tea break, and it looks like 11 plus minutes. Um, and, and in that, he just breaks into a stand-up routine, and he's actually very funny. Like, I'm sure he probably had somebody help him write it but he talks about you know Rat Pack members Dean Martin and Sammy Davis Jr and it's it's just really really funny and I think he's he's great at it and he shows that he's not only a singer but he's a character and he has great great presence on the stage and that's I guess what a live album is to me there's very very few live albums where it's much different than the songs, how they perform them on the regular album. And in this one, they kept those bits in where he kind of makes little quips and jibes and he talks between songs. So I thought it was just really cool to see Sinatra's personality come through on this album. And, you know, as I mentioned earlier, I think the renditions are great. I've Got You Under My Skin is, is fantastic. Fly Me to the Moon's really great. I, I really, really like how he does that one. But um, it's just a pleasant one to listen through all the way through. Now, it's probably not one that I would put on every month, but a couple times a year I'll probably come back to it, and that'll be enough for the live album, mainly because of the the live talking and the stand-up routine, which you don't really necessarily want to listen to every time you listen to an album. But for me, for a live album where you learn a little bit more about the artists and their personality and for a great sense of the time and the period and the man, I think Sinatra in the Sands is a great one. So I'm going to give it four and a half out of five because I think A, the renditions of the songs are great. He's great. There's good personality and the sound is great. I mean, 1966 isn't that long ago, but I mean, it is 50 years and, and the quality is really, really high. And I would recommend this to anybody who has any kind of uh, interest in swing or big band music and Frank Sinatra. So uh, if you have any interest in any of those things, give it a dance. It's a good one. So thanks very much uh, for listening to our pick this November and to this review. Enjoy. There's nothing further to be said except the magnificent Count Basie and this great orchestra here.